0: Welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. I would now like to introduce our tax practice leader, Joe Boublay. Good day, everyone. and Welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. My name is Joe Boublay. I'm a tax partner in the New York City office, as well as the firm's tax practice leader. Today is our second installment of a series on podcasts on the taxation of cryptocurrency. And for today's podcast, we have Peter Goodrich, who is a tax manager in our New York City office to talk to us about some uh, interesting aspects of cryptocurrency taxation. So Peter, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. So, my pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time. Okay, Peter. So today we're going to talk about decentralized finance, so-called DeFi and tax planning. Can you tell us a little bit of what that's all about?
1: Yeah, sure, Joe. Uh, So DeFi stands for decentralized finance, uh, and it enables anything of value to be transferred without an intermediary using what's called smart contracts. So it's important to note the definition of a smart contract, which is digital code that allows peer-to-peer transactions, which are guided by certain rules and conditions. These rules are programmable, and the transactions become recorded on the blockchain once finality uh, has been reached. Um, It's important to note that the smart contracts are responsible for providing comfort to the users by ensuring the transactions will be completed according to the rules program. Uh, This basically builds the trust, which is critical to the entire process. Uh, The smart contracts also do create efficiencies since they're non-custodial, meaning you have your own wallet, you have the possession of your own wallet, you have the custody as the person. Uh, The smart contracts are binary, meaning whether you met the condition or not. And they ultimately replace the traditional escrow intermediary that we all know and it can be very expensive it's important to also note that DeFi brings traditional financial services to the entire world in a digital manner it democratizes finance it enables anyone anywhere in the world including those who do not have bank accounts to engage in commerce Uh, there's various types of financial products in DeFi so you can have trading which is exchanging one item of value for another Uh, So, the example here would be a decentralized exchange. So, instead of Coinbase, you would use a protocol to facilitate trades. And then you have lending and borrowing in the traditional sense. So, anybody can act as their own finance company to generate yield or income. Uh, There are liquidity pools which are used to support these types of financial products. So, a liquidity pool is basically a group of funds that are locked into smart contracts. And these liquidity pools, are media for leveraging your crypto assets to generate yield or interest income it's also important to note that the yield is paid directly to your wallet in real time like compound interest and these
0: wallets can be considered like a bank account without a bank okay peter and, and what do people think about the counterparty risk well the thing is there's there is counterparty risk. And so what
1: happens is for borrowers, there's a very high collateral. It could be like 150% of what you wanna borrow to 200%. So there's very high risk, um, but it's basically collateralized debt positions where they're over collateralized and that protects the lenders. And if there's someone who who defaults on a loan, the protocol is going to um, do what's called like a margin call and liquidate the position to pay off the uh,
0: what was lost. Okay, got it. So yeah. you mentioned earlier liquidity pools. So how how is those liquidity pools taxed?
1: Okay, so at this point in time, there's no clear answer since the IRS didn't issue any specific guidance related to DeFi activities. But it's important to mention that the current guidelines, which are dynamic, uh, do consider the exchange of cryptocurrency to be taxable. Uh, And this would render depositing and withdrawing crypto assets in these protocols to be taxable events, which can cause significant cash flow issues to the lenders. Uh, There are various applications of liquidity pools and different protocols that people can use. So, for example, if you want to earn yield on your Bitcoin, you can leverage it on such as the Aave protocol. You would initially deposit your Bitcoin and receive a synthetic Bitcoin as collateral. Uh, So this transaction is taxable, even though your synthetic Bitcoin is collateral or an IOU. Uh, Additionally, you would receive interest income in real time streamed to your wallet. This is a second taxable event. And lastly, once once your original Bitcoin is redeemed, a third taxable event is triggered because when you do these deposits and withdrawals of your crypto, you're exchanging your original crypto asset for these synthetic assets. So they can be interpreted as taxable transactions.
0: Okay, so it's interesting, the, the crypto, and not a crypto, but a synthetic crypto is an exchange, most likely.
1: Yeah, unless they specifically say that these are true just deposits, and um, they change the rules.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So now, do you know, is the IRS aware of all these DeFi types of transactions? So historically, crypto
1: has been a major area of interest to the IRS, I mean, due to its mainstream interest and in adoption, I mean, the bull runs that have happened. Um, so, you know, there's also this infrastructure bill, um, which is currently in Congress, which is looking to, you know, it's bipartisan, and they're looking to heavily regulate the crypto space to generate revenue to pay for that infrastructure upgrade. Um, It's also important to note that these uh, decentralized exchange transactions uh, won't be available to the IRS via subpoena, which is their preferred method of obtaining information. And even though blockchains are public and the IRS are able to see these transactions, they are hiring outside parties and third parties and vendors to catch these tax violators like chain analysis.
0: Okay, so now the IRS is uh, looking into this. Uh, what are what are some of the things people are doing with these uh, type of transactions to potentially reduce their taxes?
1: Yeah, sure. So I mean, here are a few ideas. So you can consider uh, tax loss harvesting before the end of the year by selling your losing crypto asset positions to offset uh, capital gains from other investments. Uh, you may also be able to take advantage of uh, the lack of wash sale rules, but it's really important to mention that you know regulatory clarity is still needed on whether certain crypto assets are truly securities, since wash sales are disallowed for securities. Uh, Other things you can do, you can donate your crypto assets to 501 C3 qualified public charities, and you can also um, partition your crypto asset inventory uh, for cost basis optimization purposes. Um, So this will allow you to minimize your tax liability by using uh, potentially more favorable cost basis inventorying methods that are allowed by the IRS, like LIFO or specific
0: identification. Right, in effect, trying to sell the crypto that has the higher tax basis rather than- Exactly. Okay, great. Well, this has been great, Peter. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Uh, to our audience out there, please be on the lookout for our first podcast on this series. And I hope everyone out there is staying safe and carrying on. Thanks and have a good day.